A German shepherd walked into a butcher shop with a purse around its neck, a money purse. And the butcher said, well, what in the world are you doing in here? Do you want to buy some meat? And the dog says, woof. <laughs> so the butcher says, well, what kind of meat do you want? Do you want chicken or pork chops or lamb chops or maybe steak? And when the butcher said steak, the dog went, woof. The butcher said, well, how many steaks do you want? The dog said, woof, woof. And sure enough, the man looked in the money purse, and there was enough money there to pay for two steaks. And so uh, he, he bagged them up. dog took the steaks in his mouth, and he started out the door. The butcher said, man, i got to see where this dog goes. And so he follows the dog into an apartment complex, and the dog walks up three flights of stairs and starts uh, scratching on door number 321. And in a minute, a door opened, and a man said, you stupid dog, stop that. And this butcher said, that's the smartest dog I've ever seen. Don't you act, don't, don't act crazy around him. He's smart. The man says, if he's so smart, how come he's forgot his key three times? <laughs> <laughs> the man wasn't very thankful for the small dog that he had, was he? Compared to a middle-aged, shabby-looking woman standing in front of a church with a worn-out sweater, asking for money, and every day Sue would pass by this lady and give her change. And it happened, months went on doing this every day. One day the beggar wasn't there anymore, and Sue thought about her for a day or two, but didn't think too much of it, and about three months later the lady in the shabby coat was there. Uh, And same coat, dressed the same way, only this time she had a box of Krispy Kreme donuts in her hand. And when the beggar, or the Sue, got to the lady, she reached in her purse to get some change, and the beggar lady said, No, honey. Said, You'll never see me again because I don't have to be here anymore. I've got a job. I've got clothes. I've got friends. She said, Today I came to give back to those that helped me. And uh, I read that. I thought, That's pretty cool. Uh, we, we, we just celebrated what we call Thanksgiving, uh, and unfortunately, we've regulated Thanksgiving to one day a year, and, and that's a shame. We, and we, society tries to push that away. They start hanging Christmas trees, and Big Lot started selling Christmas trees in October. Uh, we, we very quickly want to get to, uh, to Christmas without talking about Thanksgiving, so What we're going to do over the next few weeks, today we're going to look at Thanksgiving, and then starting next week, we're going to start a Christmas series. And so it's kind of time to celebrate the holidays, and if you have your Bibles this morning, Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, this is going to be a very familiar account to you. Luke 17, verses 11 to 19. Now what happened as he, that's Jesus, went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourself 
to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith made you well. There are at least four lessons we can learn from this paragraph. I, I've entitled today's lesson, Where are the Nine? I know it's not a super creative title, but it's a question that Jesus asked him. I think it's suitable for us as well because uh, there, our world is full of ungrateful people. And if I'm honest with myself, I'm one of them every now and then. Amen? So uh, it's something we need to stop and think about. But what lessons can we learn from this encounter? First of all, we need to learn to be thankful in spite of our circumstances. Be thankful in spite of our circumstances. Leprosy was probably the worst disease of the day especially back in Jesus' day. It attacks the body. It, it brings sores up on the body. It causes nerve damage. Eventually, you could lose your fingers. You could lose your toes, your ears. It could take 30 years for leprosy to run its course. Uh, and think 2,000 years ago, they didn't have medical treatment the way that, that we do now. Uh, and... They say one of the worst things about a leper colony, I've read some books from some missionaries who have ministered in leper colonies, they said it's just the smell, the smell of the rotting flesh falling off the body. It's just an awful, awful disease. And it's not just the physical consequences, but the emotional consequences as well. A person in Jesus' day that had leprosy, and uh, they would have to be separated from their family. They couldn't. Uh, be with their family, they couldn't go to temple, they couldn't uh, kiss their wife, they couldn't be with their wife, they wouldn't get to hug their children, they wouldn't get to play with their grandchildren. And as a matter of fact, lepers tended to run around in groups together looking for food and begging for help. They had to keep a great distance away from healthy people so they would shout their requests across the street or across the way when they would come by. In this account of the ten lepers, the lepers recognized Jesus and they recognize his power and authority and they shout, have mercy on us. And Jesus shouts back, go to the priests. Go show yourself to the priests. In Jesus' day, the priests were more than worship leaders. They were also the health officials. And basically what would happen, the if a person suspected he was healed from his leprosy, he would go to the priest and the priest would inspect his body and he would either declare him healed or he would say, no, you still got leprosy, come back in a certain amount of days. And so uh, if he was healed, then that person could go back and resume the life that he had before he got sick. Now notice in verse 14, Jesus told these lepers, 
When he, Jesus saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. Notice this next phrase. I've never noticed this phrase till the, when I was preparing this. And so it was, as they went, they were cleansed. Did you catch that? Jesus says, Go to the priest. Jesus didn't heal them immediately. Jesus said, Go to the priest. And as they started walking to the priest, they began to be healed. Could you imagine that? It took faith. For these guys to take a step to the priest. We can't go to the priest. We're not healed. It doesn't say they argued with Jesus. They started walking. Could you imagine that all of a sudden you start on your hands. You're the, heat, the sores start healing. And your body starts feeling stronger. And the flesh starts coming off. Don't you imagine you start walking a little bit faster. And they're, they're getting going. And they're celebrating. And all of a sudden man they're. They're happy, they're going, they, they realize they've been healed. Jesus has healed them. Their nightmare is over. The lesson I want us to understand from this is the fact that we need to learn to be grateful and thankful no matter what our circumstances are. There are people that say, well, Lord, if you'll give me more money, I'll tithe better. Or, God, if uh, you'll... Heal this cold. If you'll heal this heart, if you'll heal my cancer, I'll, I'll be faithful to you. Y'all, we can't make, let's play, God doesn't play, let's make a deal. That was money all. And uh, we need to learn to be grateful in spite of the circumstances that we have. God wants us to step out on faith right now in spite of our circumstances. Trust him right now in the middle of our hardships. Trust God not just for our present but also for our future. I know that some of us here are going through a lot of difficulties right now. Our circumstances force us to ask ourselves, will we trust God and be thankful right now in spite of our circumstances? <clears throat> We've either got the choice to be thankful or to wallow in misery. And you know, the only, you know the only bad thing about wallowing in misery is you can't take a day off. How long are we going to walk? How long are we going to stay? How long are we going to be there? Let's learn to be thankful to God in spite, of our in spite of our circumstances. But secondly, be thankful to God for His goodness. Do we realize that thanksgiving is an act of worship? When we tell God thank you, we're worshiping God. It's an act of worship. When we tell our neighbors and our friends thank you for something they did, we are showing, we're, we're showing them Jesus. We're, it's an act of worship. One man came back to Jesus and praised God. He was thankful. He went public with his worship. Because it says there in verse 16, he fell down on his face with a loud voice. He glorified God, giving him thanks. He, he shouted loudly. Well, why was he loud? A couple of reasons he was loud because he was used to talking loud because he was a leper, so he talked loud anyway. But I'm convinced Dr. Luke tells us this because this was louder than what he usually talked. He is celebrating to the Lord. He's shouting. He's praising. He's bowing down. He's been healed of the most debilitating disease known to them at that time. It's something to shout about. You know what? 
Are we that thankful? God's been good enough to us. If he never gives us anything else, that we ought to be thankful every day of the week. And I know this past week we just finished. was really busy. And if we aren't careful, we'll get so busy, we'll miss it. We'll forget to be thankful. Maybe this week you hosted your family for Thanksgiving dinner. Maybe you traveled and you're just getting home. Maybe you went Christmas shopping and brought some early Christmas presents. Or maybe the holiday was the opposite for you. Maybe you were alone for the holidays and you feel anything but thankful. Maybe your loneliness caused you to think of things that you've lost and you find yourself starting to get just a little bit angry with God. What I'm saying is this, in a holiday week, it's possible to get all the way through Thanksgiving without slowing down enough to actually be thankful. And y'all, it's going to get worse as we go into the Christmas season. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Black Friday or shop for Christmas presents and eat good deals. But it's ironic that we spend all day Thursday talking about how thankful we are for the stuff we have. And about every Thanksgiving conversation I've ever taken part in, somebody around the table will say, you know, I, I don't need anything else. I'm so thankful with what I've got. And then we're right out there at Black Friday buying more stuff that we don't need. But, but there we are. And as Christmas rolls around, we, get, we start hosting, we start going to Christmas parties, we start doing things, and, and they're good things. But let's not be too busy to thank God in spite of our circumstances. Let's be thankful for God's goodness because God is good all the time. Amen? Amen. All the time. God is good. And, and that's more than a cliche. It's more than a phrase. Work through our business. Do what you got to get done. But take the time to be thankful. And when you do, remember that thankfulness is an act of worship. So number one, be thankful in spite of our circumstances. Number two, be thankful for God's goodness. Number three, make sure your thankfulness leads to to action. One of the healed lepers came back in mid-celebration. Imagine, imagine, put yourself in his shoes. You're healed. You're well. You're feeling good. You're running home to go see your family. They're not expecting to see you. And you weren't expecting to see them when this day began. But there you go. You're you're feeling good, and all of a sudden he thought, man, I've got something I've got to do. Amen. And he stopped, and he turned around. He pushed the pause button on his new life and returned to Jesus. Those steps he made back to Jesus were the most important steps that man could ever take. I will tell you why here in just a little bit. But Jesus asked, where are the other nine? You know what that tells me? That tells me Jesus expected them to come back. They should have come back. Jesus expected them to return and thank him. Interestingly enough, 
an odd statement at the end of verse 16. This man fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. <coughs> what does that phrase, and he was a Samaritan, have to do with the price of beans in China? Let me tell you. The Samaritans were foreigners. The Jews looked at the Samaritans like they were dogs. These others may have been Jewish. We don't know. The fact that this one was pointed out as being Samaritan makes me believe that. They should have come back. Here's my question. What kind of action is Jesus looking for you right now? Jesus healed this leprosy, expected the guys to come back. Thankfulness leads to action. Thankfulness should lead to action. Thankfulness without action is not true thanksgiving, is it? And, you know, we may mean to be thankful, but do we actually take the time to pick up the phone and say, I'm thankful? Say, thank you. It's easier now than it's ever before. You can text somebody now. You can message them on Facebook and say, I just thank you for everything you do. Thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. What is it that God, Jesus is wanting you to take action about? Our thankfulness ought to lead us to action because we owe our greatest debt of gratitude to Jesus Christ for dying for us. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But make sure your thankfulness leads to action. And then finally, a life of thanksgiving shows a lifestyle of wellness. A life of thanksgiving shows a lifestyle of wellness. Walk through this paragraph with me. There are three different words, Greek words, used to show that this ex-leper has truly been made well. First of all, verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, that word healed in the Greek is hyatha, and it's a medical term. It means to put back together, to repair. It has the idea of a bone that's been set and it repairs itself. Verse 17. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? That word cleansed is another Greek word. That is the Greek word katharizo. Katharizo. So you didn't know he was going to get a Greek lesson today, did you? That Greek word, katharizo, that's where we get our English word, catheter. Those of you that have had much to do with medicine, y'all ever had a catheter for something? You know, you get a heart catheter to check your, uh, your heart. You'll get a catheter for dialysis or uh, a catheter to help you use the restroom if you can't do that. That word, uh, the, the Greek word, katharizo, means to remove the impurities. That's what a uh, that that's what that word cleansed means. So so far Jesus has mended their bones, he has healed their impurities, and then in verse 19 Jesus says, "Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well." That word "well" is the Greek word "sozo," and it means saved. 
It's the same word that Matthew used in the Christmas story. Remember when Matthew said Jesus would save the people from their sins? That's that same Greek word. It's the same Greek word that Paul uses in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, when he talks about confession and faith saving us. The reason why that trip back to Jesus was so important to that leper was the fact that this man was not only cleansed of his leprosy, he was healed from his sins. He truly was made well. And can I submit to all of us here today, I think all of us here, we're Christ followers. Did you know that at one point in time Jesus made us well too? And we should be thankful because our thanksgiving shows that life of wellness. Christians, of all people, ought to be the most grateful people in the world. But for those of you that have been in public jobs, and I've talked to several folks about this, in my work experience as a restaurant manager, quite often the rudest most impatient people were, was the Sunday afternoon church crowd. And it ought not be that way, y'all. We've been healed. We've been made well. We're going to spend eternity with Jesus. We don't need to walk around all mopey. How you doing? Well, I'm okay, I guess. I'm all right under the circumstances. Well, get out from under them. <laughs> Thanksgiving. Let's learn to be thankful in spite of our circumstances. Let's learn to be thankful for God's goodness. Let's make sure our faithfulness leads to action. We're thankful in action as well as words. And then finally, a life of thanksgiving should be a lifestyle of wellness. Y'all, we all have so much to be thankful for, don't we? As we go further into this Christmas season, we're going to be tempted to push right on by without being thankful. After all, the price on that latest, greatest word gig can't be beat. So you got to beat somebody to the store to go get it. Like a leper, we've been healed of the disease that's truly worth celebrating. Are we living a life of worship or are we living a life of worry? Let's bow. Our Father in heaven, thank you for loving us.